Welcome to the e-commerce lab by EcomC. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Commerce, the place for everything related to Amazon FBA, private level, and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsy. And today we'll bring you Reggie Young, who is a, an Amazon seller and actually a consultant as well when it comes to helping brands exit. Uh, and that's why I wanted to bring Reggie today because I know, I mean, the topic around exiting your Amazon brand has been a hot topic for a while now, especially last couple of years with everything that was happening with aggregators in the space and I wanted to bring Reggie today to get some of his you know brains in terms of the tips strategies things that he's seeing in the space and just provide as much value as possible to help you you know get ready for that stage in terms of your Amazon business so Reggie it's a pleasure to have you here today how you doing my friend doing really well I thank you for having me very excited to be on Thank you, man. Thank you for being here. I think it was very interesting when we had the conversation last week around everything that you do uh, and basically, you know, learn about your, your exit in the past and how you were also an Amazon seller and our consulting and everything. And I think I actually want to use that as a starting point for today's episode. I think uh, for all my guests, I do this, you know, we like to learn around their background, how they got started in e-commerce and how that made them reach where they are right now, you know, so people can learn about that and get inspired. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I've been doing e-commerce since 2015. I had a nine to five job. I was a military officer, uh, basically trying to escape my military contract eventually <laughs> and have personal freedom and do the whole online thing inspired by, uh, a bunch of entrepreneurial books. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so I got into e-commerce in 2015 and I started off high ticket drop shipping. My first store did $64,000 in sales in the first two months. I eventually was hit with a good amount of scams. So I decided to <laughs> pivot over to private label at that time. Uh, I eat, slept and breathed Amazon. I haven't stopped it basically since yeah. 2016 and on. I was launched, launched a bunch of products, had a bunch of failure, uh, learned a ton of things along the way. Probably spent 60 to 70 K worth of education on Amazon and e-commerce training masterminds, I absorbed everything I possibly could over the course of a few years. Mm -hmm. um, had some products do really well, had some products do really bad, lost a lot yeah. of money, uh, yeah. made back a lot of money. The product that I ended up selling was a $3,000 investment that eventually netted me close to $900,000 when, when everything was all said and done. That $3,000 investment, um, thank, I didn't think it was going to do that well, um, but my process, <laughs> like I had like a whole spreadsheet, I had a bunch of like different things I was doing. Uh, launched it, sold that $3,000 investment for $638,000. Awesome. Um, I had $100,000 worth of inventory that was turned over. So that $100,000 came back to me. So that's 738. Mm -hmm. And then the difference between 738 and 900 was the profit I made over that one year period uh, that I had that product investment. So that, that $3,000 investment legitimately covered all my <laughs> losses, all the education. Yeah. Um, and then since then I decided to, um, I got hired out by a couple of aggregators. So I did a little bit of work for them, uh, managing some of their brands. 
And then I decided that it wasn't a great fit for me in terms of culture. I, mm-hmm. I really value personal freedom in the things that I work mm-hmm. on and how I work on yeah. them, um, which is what I love about e-commerce and running your own business. And yeah. we can do that from, from anywhere. So uh, I decided to take some time off, uh, really reflect on on who I am, what I've been doing. And uh, over the course of, I guess, nine months or so, um, outside of helping other businesses, I've decided to create what I call the Vault. And that's a course library to help other uh, Amazon sellers. And um, I provide resources, training, uh, and all that stuff for very low cost. And yeah, so that's basically what I do. And I help other people basically what I call start scale and sell their online business. Awesome. So, yeah. A little bit about That's me. good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, you share as well how uh, on top of the wins, there were also some losses and that at the end of the day will allow you to, to get where you are, because I think that's important to mention because, you know, sometimes when people see this episode, they think that we have never made mistakes and even myself as well, you know, I also lost money when launching products and so on. It's part of the grind, it's part of the process, but I think as long as you understand that it's, it's a numbers game and as long as you keep trying and keep, you know, improving it. Uh, day after day on top of everything that you've been doing is a matter of time before you 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 hit that gold mine as they call it right yes so. <laughs> thousand percent. yeah one thing yeah. i always say is like uh, i know at least three or four people that would have been millionaires if they never gave up and they would have mm. they would have hit that success before i did uh, because i see people do things right in amazon they legitimately do every step right yeah There's they so do everything perfect yeah and it's yeah. just like and that opportunity didn't work out right and they just take it so personally they take that financial loss so personally it hurts. The thing is, the thing, the thing that is them that they're not capable, and they just don't understand that sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah totally. And the like example I like to use is who hits who hits a home run, um, or who's like who scores against the goalie for the very first time they step on a professional playing field, uh, close to no one, right? But if you if you're doing everything right, it's just a matter of time, and it's a matter of not giving up, uh, and you'll get there. So awesome. That's good. Yeah, it's a good message to get out there. Uh, now, let's get started uh, bringing to the table the topic, which is basically, you know, getting Amazon brands ready for exit. I know you do a lot of consulting around this space. And I know a lot of people that watch this show is also at that stage that they might be thinking, you know what, I already reached certain level in terms of already like high six figures or beginning seven figures. I really don't want to put more overhead on, on me. I just want to exit them, maybe start another brand from zero. Yes. And they, they are at that stage that they really want to understand what they need to make sure to have in hand to really make their brand uh, as ready as possible in terms to get it sold, right? So right. maybe you can give us some insights around that. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of information out there, you know, online and, you know, people have written a few books on the topic. And uh, I, I would say the, the biggest piece of advice I could say is, uh, be ready to exit, be ready to sell your business kind of like from day one. Uh, if you're building, if you're building good organizational structure, um, and you're documenting everything and keeping everything nice and organized, it makes it very, very easy to sell your business because you're mm-hmm. ready to sell it at any moment. And then you're also educating yourself, awesome. uh, on, on what is good practices for what people want to want to acquire. Now, what does that look like kind of in practice? That looks like every single time you, you pay for your supplier's inventory or you're, you know, you're shipping something over, go and download that, put that in a nice folder that says order one, drop the Mm -hmm. invoice in, have everything nice and organized. Uh, If you're doing that every single time, over time, and you try and get a little bit better, a little bit better. When I was selling businesses or I'm building businesses, the first product I launched, I was all over the place. 
literally all over the place. Stuff was in my email, it was on my desktop, yeah. you know, on like, a WhatsApp, or on a WhatsApp, exactly yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and then I had I failed at the product, and then I would go and start the next product, and I felt like I was just grabbing things from all over again. And if if I, so, what I tried to do is build out an archetype, like a, a structure, like a Google Drive structure. So copy next, paste, I'm, copy paste, exactly. So you're moving faster, everything's cleaner, and over time things get really nice and organized. So from an operational standpoint, you want to be organized because mm -hmm. then it makes it super easy to tell your story, to uh, share your links with potential buyers. And when they see that, they, they have so much confidence in picking up your business. Whereas everybody else, legitimately almost everybody else when it comes to due diligence and, and, and uh, making offers, when they ask for, hey, can I get more information about your business? The business owner has to all of a sudden come to a complete grinding halt and throw everything together. And when they do that, they normally have to take hands off the wheel. And then when that happens, profitability can kind of go down. Uh, they, they usually blame it on something else. Mm -hmm. like And most like of the times it's not perfect because you're trying to go back so many years sometimes yeah. and it, it, you're going to miss some invoices, some numbers, some calculations, and it's going to be a huge headache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge headache. And, you know, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt to do this kind of stuff uh, in the moment, but just spend an extra five seconds every time to stay a little bit organized, whether it's on your desktop and then take some time to upload that and stay nice and organized. But that's, you know, just a really small uh, tactic when it comes to execution and selling a business. But I would say the biggest thing that I feel like uh, isn't being talked about as it relates to exiting businesses is that your story matters uh, so much. Of course, having profit in your business matters and it, that the higher profit you can make over time. Yeah. And if, if it's an increasing slope and it's increasing, then yes, that's going to bake into your valuation. But I've helped so many businesses that either couldn't sell on big brokerages or nobody wanted to work with them. And they come to me and I look at their business and I say, I basically ask myself the question, okay, this is their weakness. This is why people don't want to work with them. How can I turn that into a strength or how can I at least mitigate that weakness? So for example, a client that I've helped recently, uh, they didn't want to, uh, the top brokers didn't want to work with them because they had three accounts. <laughs> they had oh multiple brands in their, under okay. those accounts. And then they had 150 SKUs under wow. those accounts Nightmare. and the, their top SKU only made $1,200 a month in profit. So a thousand dollars, two hundred, you know, a thousand dollars a month in profit for their number one SKU. Nobody wanted to work with them. They came to me and I was like, okay, what are their, what are their strengths? Well, they're a Hong Kong based uh, seller. They are able to do low MOQs. They can order units at 48, 48 units per order as low as like super low. They can launch products and test them whenever they want. Their product mm -hmm. price is very low. So that's why they have so many SKUs. Yeah. They actually have, it's probably the most diversified business I've ever seen. So I, okay. instead I changed the narrative to, hey, this business is, is diversified across 17 different categories. It has low MOQ. You can start and scale it at any vertical at any moment at any time. It also comes with supplier contacts in China, which makes it so like i basically repackage the story and then mm, i nice help yeah. help clean them up operationally as well basically like hey you got to get organized you like let's clean up some of these accounts you know let, what's your strategy on this versus that just some basic like operational management but really focusing on that story and highlighting that story not just to potential buyers but to potential brokers potential aggregators because selling your business is like selling an amazon listing right you can't just take a photo and then upload one photo, right? You, you want to get the title right. You want to get the, mm. the, the story right. You want to have that emotional impact. And people kind of forget about that when it comes to exiting a business. So getting your story right 
really, really makes can make all the difference between selling your business or not. But then also when you're in negotiation being like, hey, this is what you're buying. Like, yes, you could be buying this, but you're also buying this asset or this list or this opportunity, right? So laying out, if you're, if you're super organized, like I talked about, well, now you have the foundation to make a folder called product roadmap. And that can mm-hmm. easily be a one Google doc with a, a few uh, product traits that you want for your next product. And you could just buy a sample from your existing supplier or somebody else, upload that. And that's like, hey, now we have a product roadmap for the future. This is what we would do. Here are the samples mm-hmm. and our quotes. So when you come to the to the table, to the negotiation table, and people are looking at your business versus somebody else, and they see how organized you are, they see the story, they feel the story, and then they see the future opportunity and that you're already taking action on it. These mm-hmm. are the kind of things that really help maximize your valuation or just get more deal flow coming through your listing. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that that's a great way to put it because at the end of the day, you're trying to, you need to put the best foot forward in terms of how you present the brand to these um, buyers. Because if if you just sell the complexity, as you mentioned, and you say three accounts and all the nightmare in terms of skills, you're never going to sell it. But if you put on the other side, which is diversification, selling, it's much easier for them to see the value and how they can scale it in the long term, which at the same time now opens uh, my mind to this question, which is, you know, when people is looking to realistically start exploring when selling their brand uh, to a potential buyer, at the same time, they, they always ask me this question, which is, when is the right time? Because yeah. they might think, uh, is it right time after one year? Is it right time after five years? And I think sometimes it's difficult because, you know, you as a business owner, as the owner of the brand, may think, you know what, maybe I don't want to sell it because in my mind, uh, I have other pros that I want to launch in the future. I have this strategy in the long term. But at the same time, you might be afraid that if you do those strategies, your profitability can go down. And then in the long term, you can actually get less money for your brand. Yes. So it's a dilemma that, you know, it's difficult sometimes to navigate. So you as a consultant, what usually you advise uh, to the brand owners in terms of identifying that right moment to exit their business. Yeah, I know. I think it's really hard to time an exit. I would say that I've seen another client I'm helping right now. Um, I had exited and was getting to this process of like, oh, I can actually help other people exit. And Mm -hmm. we meet other people online and this person had built a a business from nothing up to, I think, a $1.1 million valuation. And I said, hey, if you exit right now, the the multiples that people are buying are really high. Apparently, this is the best time to exit an Amazon business. I think you should exit. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to exit. Um, and then a bunch of pressure came in from China, uh, so much pressure that their Amazon business basically crumbled. So they had to move off of Shopify. And then mm-hmm. a few months ago, they reached out to me and they're like, Hey, I'm thinking about just liquidating inventory and moving on. And then I said, Hey, well, Amazon's really tough, but you have Shopify, you have this list, you have wholesale, how about repackage your story? And then we sell it. So now they're listed on an exchange for 400,000. And I think they will sell Mm-hmm. Um, so that timing is, is definitely different because I I've come across the same thing. My Shopify site, my mentor at the time said, Hey, sell this. You can sell it for 15 grand, 20 grand, mm-hmm. sell it. And then you're going to be able to, um, uh, move, move faster. And I think, of course we can never really time it, but at least the trend I'm seeing amongst entrepreneurs and people with Amazon businesses is we think that we can grow it to the next, that next phase of from 1 million to, to 3 million or for, from 200,000 to 800,000 the next year. And those things are possible, but I've just seen so many people um, kind of lose that opportunity by more mm-hmm. selling pressure, whether it's uh, competition in the market or something else happening in their life. 
Um, I, I do think that taking chips off the table and selling your business and then using that to reinvest into more products or, you know, you can sell your business for 800,000, buy a business for 300,000 um, and use that to create yeah. stable revenue while you take chips off the table, put some in the bank. It's like arbitrage about with businesses. You buy yeah. and sell, buy and sell. Yeah. yeah, which is what I did. When, when I sold my business, I had a lot of cash and I was like, well, how do I diversify but still do what I love and still have an income stream? And do So I invested in other businesses at different levels, uh, which has really helped me. Some worked out, some didn't. Um, and uh, so yeah, there, it's really hard to time that macro environment, but you have to time the macro environment. So the macro environment being like the global environment like, mm-hmm. hey, are we in COVID right now? Do you think a recession is coming in the next year or two? I, I think we're using the a lot of like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm here, yeah. So that that influences, yeah, that influences I, the uh, the multiple that people trade in, and um, and then the, that will also. So you have the, the the macro environment, and then you also have what's happening in your brand and your category. Do you see new competition coming in? Is there a new product roadmap? How confident are you on that next product or scaling out? Mm-hmm. Is it worth that opportunity cost? And then you have to balance your personal life. How do you feel? How would you feel if this if this income sh- revenue stream went away six months from now? Like, how would you feel yeah. about that? Yeah. Um, it, uh, how do you feel about selling this and then not having anything to work on? Um, how, you know, what pressures do you have in your in your own life? So s- some things just aren't financial decisions. So I think you have to kind of balance all three things. Um, for kind of timing your exit. But I do think that most entrepreneurs, once we get to a certain level, there is that opportunity cost of, of leaving chips on the table and, and that yeah. risk of it kind of falling apart. So, yeah, I think for sure. They, I mean, so many people I have met, they do just that. I mean, they're just comfortable getting a business to seven figures and they don't really know how to get further than that. They sell it and they start again. They get the six figure, they sell it and start again. So it's definitely a, an ideal business model that if somebody definitely has a business that can do that, it, it, it's something that can be implemented. Now, um, I want to start touching around the criteria, right? Sure. Because we're not the whole ecosystem in terms of selling and buying brands uh, in the Amazon space been changing rapidly, especially the last couple of months. And now uh, the last two years, it was like, it, it, you could sell anything that, w- that was making sales an hour, right? Yeah. With disaggregators in the space, anything that was doing revenue, regardless of the profitability, the, it was a race to basically get as many brands as possible because they need to deploy basically cash that they had in hand. But now the reality is different. I mean, we have seen multiples going down. They've been they are more strict when it comes to, you know, deciding which brands to purchase mm-hmm. and which ones uh, to basically skip. And I'd like to hear, maybe you can give us an overview of what is realistically right now at the high level, of course, some of the key uh, points that these uh, buyers are looking for on a brand in 2023. Yeah, I would say, you know, a lot of people in the e-commerce space, we've, we've heard the explosion of aggregators. Mm-hmm. Um but the reality is aggregators aren't looking to buy businesses that haven't done f- right now. Their bottom criteria for them to even consider looking at your business is about $500,000 in profit over the last 12 years. If you don't have that as a number, no, no aggregator is not, is, they're not even going to begin to look at it. it you literally, I, I'm helping a client right now that I know can go from 1 million to 3 million. Um, if they just had a little bit of help, just a yeah. little bit of help um, and maybe six months, but they, they did their internal checklist and they're like, Hey, I see a roadmap somewhere else. I want to exit right now. I'm okay. Exiting for 1 million. I'd love to sell that to an aggregator, but they have 450 K 
Wow. They're 50K under and nobody wants to look at them. And I'm like, if an aggregator just looked at them, they would literally turn this brand to two yeah. million and no one a year. But they don't want to do that because they're they're focused elsewhere in how they vet deals. So if you're below that number, you're going to be selling to most likely someone that is not an aggregator. Um, okay. and, they're, and to be honest, people come to buy different reasons buy businesses for different reasons they could come from uh private equity like their own like mm -hmm. you know um wall street type of job um they literally come from all over the place and they, they still buy and which i think is pretty interesting because those types of buyers they're not as savvy they haven't bought like you know eight amazon fba businesses they're not using all these different data points so it in my opinion what they're looking for is a, still a great story yeah i mean the aggregators are looking for a great story that's how you hook them um, but they're looking for numbers yeah, yeah, they're looking for numbers. Um, so they're definitely in the weeds with that. Um, but it's that story. So people, whatever, every business has has a um, has a strength. So for me, the product I sold, I had basically maxed out um, its revenue. Or I felt like I had maxed it out. My dom, I had lose literally. I sold my business. and had my top ASIN had sixteen thousand reviews. Nobody could compete with me. I owned the U.S. market. I looked at other search volumes in other markets. They were so small; it was not worth me entering. The only way I could scale it out was with a large audience to basically use this as an upsell and add to cart. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, well, where's, where's the future potential for another buyer? And it comes again, right back to the story. So what are they looking for? They're looking for a story. So you ask yourself in your business, what's the benefit of, of, of your product? Well, I, if I maxed out my category, if I can't sell an additional product because of the product type I had, I'd, I really couldn't sell another product with it, with the kind of product that it was. So I thought to myself, well, you know what's interesting is I have really high turnover. I'm my product landed costs are 44 cents a unit. So that means that the, the person buying this, their risk is very low. Um, mm -hmm. On top of that, my ROI, I had a 34% profit margin after PPC and I had a... Wow. a, a 250% ROI after PPC. So I had a very, what well, I said, I had a very efficient, um, very highly good. efficient product um, that I was selling and I was a top seller and I had 16,000 reviews. So my story was whoever very buys successful. this. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> my story is whoever buys this is going to add extreme um, uh, portfolio stability to any product or any portfolio that they have is going to bring a lot of stability and cash efficiency. Um, and that's the story that I told. Um, and people love that and they picked it up because of that. So uh, not, not to chime the same bell again, but they re really are looking for, for story. Of course, if you have a pet brand, something in home and kitchen, something yeah. that is subscription based, of course, those things help. Um, but another thing that I, I would really want to talk about is they're looking for transferability. Everybody wants to hear the story of, I built this big business all by myself, maybe with one or two <laughs> virtual assistants. I have this, this weakness exists, but I've mitigated with this SOP or this process. I also have this forward opportunity that is not yet taken advantage of. I started taking the steps or at least here it's outlined. And on top of that, the, whoever's buying it, everybody wants like a relaxed, like, yeah, I buy it. It kind of runs itself or, or I have one VA or two VAs that know how to handle each passive process. income very much. Yeah. Passive <laughs> income. So the closer you can make your story to that, the better, the better, you never want to lie, but you can actually yeah. get there. So do you have a virtual assistant? If you don't have one, you can hire one for a few hundred dollars a month and you can show them everything in your business. You can have SOPs mm -hmm. ready. Um, so you want to be, make sure that you have that transferability down that documentation, that Google drive, nice and organized, start outsourcing things where you can and documenting that. And then when you go to sell your business, 
you can step away because there are things that you're going to naturally know about your business that the business, the new owner won't because you've been doing it for so long. So one thing you do is you can document your strategy, how you select products, you know, the current market condition. But if you have a virtual assistant that, that understands the operational side and some of your, your mental strategy, Mm-hmm. they can be acquired in a new business for a few hundred dollars a month. Um, so I also have courses as well on how to hire uh, people overseas for very cheap and have them manage, you know, a multimillion dollar business. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you definitely want to have that transferability as well, um, ready to go f- for your exit. And if, if I could, I would say one of the big things I would say when you're looking to exit, there are three big players. There are two big players in the space, uh, the way I mm-hmm. see it. You have uh the aggregator or the broker and then you also have like the buyer and seller those are those are like the groups that people think about hey there's an aggregator there's a broker and then there's like the buyer seller what i really want you to realize is that there's a third person there that's available and that's an that's an exit advisor so the brokers or the marketplaces they play the middle they have to make both the buyer and the seller happy so that means when you're working with a broker regardless of who it is they're going to keep you in their little in their buying pool and their network because they want to keep you isolated because they want to be the one that brokers your deal. The um, the aggregator is the one who's buying your business, so they're like another buyer. They're going to try everything they can to depress mm-hmm. your valuation, right? So they're going to look at your yeah. PL, they're going to just tear it apart, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to they're going to act like, oh yeah, you know, we're we're on your side, <laughs> this and that. But there's all these fine financial engineering things that they can do to make sure that that to their risk is. To bring it yeah. down, right? Like, oh, we'll pay you, but it's attached to revenue. But we're a big aggregator, so we're going to really take yeah. care of it. Well, that hasn't yeah. been happening, right? They failed operationally on that. Then you have your your brokers. They're, they're really good at what they do, but again, they play the middle. So they're not they're not actually fully incentivized to maximize your valuation because they also don't want to piss off their seller pool uh, and their seller. So they have to they have to play both sides. It's like 50-50, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then so I noticed that going throughout this process, right? I educated myself from beginning to end on all this and then realized like, hey, there actually isn't anybody in my corner that only cares about me, uh, only cares about maximizing my valuation. So when I sold my business and then after a while, I'm like helping other people do it. And I'm like, hey, I can actually really help in a big way and I can uh, create a separate income stream doing this. So I decided, you know what, like um, I want to be what I call like an exit advisor. And what I do is I'm on your corner from beginning to end. Um, some brokers, what they do is you have someone who helps you, who takes like your interview questions and then another mm-hmm. person will um, mediate the interview and another person might, may talk taxes or another person mm-hmm. or they don't even talk Amazon at all. There isn't anybody there from beginning to end on your corner. So I decided, hey, let me be this exit advisor. Um, so I also created a course uh, specifically from that mindset as someone who sold a business um, to try and tell people like, hey, realize that Whenever you're talking to that one group or that one person, you're still getting marketed to. You're still they're still trying to <laughs> encapsulate you in their circle and then yeah. tell you why you should work with them, kind of like what I'm doing now. But the great thing with an exit advisor is they're literally there because they they usually have referral agreements with with everyone. So they're kind of agnostic and they don't care who you work with. They're more aligned with how do I maximize this person's valuation from beginning. Yeah, because to end. you you get win with the referral, not really taking money from the client. So it's different. Yes, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So I have I have a free service where I basically instead of just sending an email and, and be like, hey, I referred this person, I decided, you know what, let me do something better than that. Let me look at their mm-hmm. business as another entrepreneur. And with that, I always find some kind of opportunity. Let me help them like connect them with my CPA, my legal team, my network. And then I, mm-hmm. I've learned so much over the last four years. And then I've helped a lot of other people exit their business as well. There's all these small tricks you can do 
that literally can make the difference between 50K to 200K in your valuation. So I'm like, hey, I can actually provide a lot of value uh, to people because those secrets are kind of kept behind closed doors because that's how people take money or depress your yeah. valuation or stop you from getting that premium valuation. And I'm starting to learn all those tricks and have that wide <laughs> network. And I'm like, hey, I can actually help people here. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's awesome, Regis. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I want to thank you for all the content that you share with us today. I think it's super valuable. I, I think when it comes to, you know, exiting your Amazon business, there's there's so much content out there, but at the end of the day, as you mentioned, there's always like a like a, a, a trick behind that. They're trying to, you know, get, get the best valuation out of you. So I think it's good that here we are having an honest conversation about how you can actually, you know, take the best uh, in terms of steps forward to sell your business. And I know you heard with this, so I would like to, you know, ask you if maybe you can share with the audience how people can reach out to you and, and get in contact with you if they need support with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I have, uh, I have what I mentioned before. It's like that court vault. I literally have mm-hmm. like eight courses specifically on Amazon. Like my product research course alone is three hours. And I just deep dive everything, try and put everything I know into these courses. Um, and with that comes coaching, comes software, um, and ways to contact me, whether through group coaching or private coaching. So uh, that's what I'm calling the vault. If anyone's interested at all, you can go to reggieyoung.com forward slash ecomc and you'll go straight to the vault. Uh, right now, the vault is $18 a month or like 500 bucks for life, but I will be changing that to a, uh, a free 20 day trial here very soon. And if for That's some awesome. reason, $18 is not enough to get you motivated, at least click the free pop-up and I will deliver resources to help you with wherever you're at right now, whether it's starting, scaling or exiting a business. That's amazing, Reggie. So thank you very much for that. I'm going to make sure to put down everything so people can find the link. And I want to thank you once more. I'm looking forward to having future so we can keep talking about these topics. Yeah. Yes, thank you you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Best of luck, everyone. Yeah, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.